this your first time listening to the spread podcast welcome we are all the way sex positive running straight out of the motherland i'm your host kaz and by the motherland of course i mean kenya to be specific this is season three If this is your first time listening to The Spread, i.e. this is the first episode that you're listening to, please keep listening. Be sure to go back to the beginning and enjoy the lovely content we've been creating for years. There's so much sex positivity for everybody, so please be sure to listen. We really appreciate your support. Also, speaking of support, be sure to rate us. If you're listening from Apple Podcasts, go give us five stars, write a review. That's how we stay top of the charts. It is holiday season. And as much as we are happy to eat, drink, and be merry with family, there are so many people who are not able to. So this festive season and for the seventh year running, my family and I are raising money for a Christmas party for the Angels Center Home for Abandoned Children so that they too may have an opportunity to enjoy family. All the details are in the description box below so you too can contribute to the cause. And I just want to say no amount is too little. And Thank you. Happy holidays. Now podcast time. Gigi Robinson is a force to be reckoned with, for real. Everything you need to know about astrology, your sexuality, how to interact with people on this basis, how to set up a kinky festival like a boss, and all the while raising a daughter the sex-positive way? What? Stay tuned. Welcome to the Spread Podcast. Yay! We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. (laughs) I have to keep that part, too. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much, Gigi Robinson, for being a part of the spread. All the way from, I'm assuming you're in Atlanta. Mm-hmm, I am. All the way from Atlanta, Georgia. Please tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Yay, I'm so happy to be on the spread. Thank you so much for having me. I am Gigi Robinson. I'm the owner and founder of IamLivingAlign.com which is my online activation community. And we discuss things such as intuitive astrology. We also discuss um, life coaching and how to just make your everyday your best days. And then also just how to round things off with understanding sacred sexuality. I'm originally from Tallulah, Louisiana, which is northern Louisiana, really close to um, Vicksburg, Mississippi. And after college, um, I decided to move to Atlanta and just start my business and start my music career and I've been here ever since Ooh, so there's a few words that are popping up that I'm pretty sure a lot of spreaders would want to know more about and one is sacred sexuality Mm. what is that so sacred sexuality is using sexual energy with intention so we all know that sexual energy can create babies they create memories and hey they create even some things that we don't want which is you know sometimes STIs STDs and those things but if we just took five seconds to really think about what actually comes out of sexual energy then we should be a little bit more responsible with what we do you know with that sexual energy which is we need to have more honest conversations about the things that we desire the things that we want the things that we want to try to make in our lives happen so that when we start to now engage in sexual energy with one another we have intentions so if I'm telling you what I desire you know things that I want to manifest for my life and you're telling me what you desire and the things that you want to manifest for your life then when we're coming 
coming together in sexual energy, we can use our vibrations to make those things happen. So sexual energy or sacred sexuality is just not just using sexual energy only for um, uh, an orgasm, which orgasms are great and we all need them, right? Mm-hmm. But we can do a lot more with the sexual energy besides just have orgasms. Ooh, I love that. Um, let me ask you something, because this is your line of work, obviously. I've heard, mm-hmm. I was actually having a discussion with um, this lady that I had met, I had was meeting her for the first time at this party, and she must have been maybe like in her mid-40s, headed towards 50 possibly, and she was in her second marriage, currently in her second marriage, and had just had her first child with her second husband. When she was in her marriage with her first husband, she said they tried, and they tried everything, and they were not able to conceive. And she was sure that she was the problem and she wasn't able to get pregnant. So, I mean, things didn't work out with her first husband and they broke up and then she remarried and like almost instantly she got pregnant with her second husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear you laughing. Please share what those giggles are about. Well, I'm laughing because it's a very common story, you know, and I think what we don't realize is that sometimes you have many different factors that come into play with situations like this. One factor can be the fact that maybe one or both parties that are, you know, involved are just not simply ready for children. And even though they may be saying to the other person, oh, yeah, I'm ready. Secretly, deep down, they don't desire to have children, Mm -hmm. you know, because maybe they fear certain things. Because when we're in relationships with people, and this is kind of where some of the astrology comes in some partners that we get with are not for children they're not for Mm -hmm. marriage it's not even for long term some stuff is just coming up for us to heal some things could be from generationals past or it could be something that you need to understand right now about what's going on in your life so that you can prepare yourself for the next stage so sometimes we think oh we're broken when we're in certain relationships oh I can't have a baby and blah and really it's because that relationship is not what you're supposed to be doing you're supposed to be working on other parts Mm -hmm. of your life besides that but because we don't really understand astrology we don't understand ourselves a lot then when we get into relationships sometimes we try to force things to happen that just will never happen no matter what you try to do because it's just not destined for Mm -hmm. that relationship could you talk a little bit more about um astrology and sex sex astrology Yes, or, or what I like to call fuck astrology, Ooh, right? Ooh, I prefer um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I got a chance to teach that at Sex Down South last mm-hmm. year. So um, I really love the concept of merging um, sexuality and merging astrology together because everything is in the chart. I say that to people all the time when they come to me and they like they have these questions. And they're like, oh, Gigi, I don't know what to do. Or, oh, Gigi, I want. And I'm like, it's in the chart. So is our sexual habits. Um, our sexual drive and the energy that we use to go about sexuality is all in our astrology chart. So one of the ways that I show people how to learn your own sexual language is to look at certain aspects in the chart. So first, what you will have to do if you've never heard of um, getting your astrology chart done or have never had an astrology chart, what you would do first is you will go and pull up something called a natal chart. Mm-hmm. Um, there's free tools all on the internet. You can literally just Google search it, type it mm-hmm. in. And put in your birthday information, you'll put in your birthday, you'll put in your birth time and your city and state. Mm -hmm. And what it's going to do is pull up a composite reading to let you know all of your signs. So so what do you mean, Gigi, all of your signs? (laughs) Well, we're literally every single sign from Aries, which is the first zodiac Mm -hmm. sign, all the way to Pisces. Mm -hmm. We're every last one. But your natal chart shows you how much of each sign you are and in what planet or what house you, you happen to be those particular particular signs so you'll first need that then once you pull, pull up that chart what you will look at for your sexual energy or your sexual basis you will look at your um, mars energy and you will look at your venus energy you'll also look at your moon sign energy mm-hmm. why would you look at those in particular where well, your moon is your emotions so we're literally around here like asking and requesting things because based off our desires right where your moon energy 
is what's governing all the desires that mm-hmm. you have. So if you know and understand your moon sign first, then you'll understand why you have the desires that you have. That's number one. And then when you start to look at your Mars sign, your Mars sign is your sex drive, but it's also how you go about initiating sex. So for me, I'll just use me for an example. Like yes, I have I have a Pisces Mars energy, right? So even though I'm an Aries sun sign, um, and my rising sign is Leo. So I look very fiery and I look very sexual all the time. You know, mm-hmm. so one of those things I had to battle with growing up. But what I understand was even though I look very sexual in nature, I have a Mars uh, Pisces. So having that, that Pisces Mars sign means I don't initiate sex. So I can talk about mm-hmm. it all day. I'm a sex educator. Like I talk about the nastiest of the nastiest things, right, cats? But it's like... I'm never going to initiate it because having a Mars Pisces means that I want to make sure that my partner is comfortable before I initiate in sex. And the only way for me to be completely sure of that is if my partner initiates it. Now, once you initiate it, we're going to have a really great time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not necessarily the initiator. So when it comes down to my partners, my partners, I had to explain this to them because a lot of them expected me to be this very fiery and aggressive person when it comes down to sexuality, but I'm not aggressive at all. I just speak aggressively, but I don't, I don't initiate aggressively. So with me being able to translate that to my partners, now they understood if I was having conversations about sex or maybe like I was showing certain signs of wanting sex, they knew that that was the go ahead for them to initiate so that it'll let me know that they're ready so I could be ready because that's just how my Mars energy moves. So when you look at your Mars sign, it lets you know how you are when it comes down to initiating sex or if you are an initiator at all. You know what I'm saying? So, and looking at our sun signs is not enough basis for that. A lot of people will try to do that. Oh, I'm a Scorpio, so we're the freakiest. But if you're not a Scorpio in your Mars energy, then you may be freaky, but you're not going to initiate no freakiness. Mm. So it's things like this that we need to really understand. And then there's your Venus sign, right? So your Venus sign is how you expect love. So how you want people to love you. So mm-hmm. I have a Venus in Aquarius, right? So I'm real eclectic. I'm very weird. The way that I want love has a lot to do with understanding of my mind. So I want people to have great conversations with me. I want us to talk. And the more we talk about really weird and really deep stuff, the more mm-hmm. turned on I get, the more I receive that as love and, and wanting to even engage or initiate in sex. But if somebody is just coming at me just aggressively on straight on the sexual tip, even though I teach sexual education, I'm turned off. So mm-hmm. to me, knowing fuckstrology allows you to have better sex. It allows you to um, allow your partners to see you in a different type of way than just based off your sun sign, which is so inaccurate when we do mm-hmm. that. Fuck love languages. <laughs> fuck fuck astrology is where it's at. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and I can understand, like, if anybody met you in your place of work, then they would expect for you to be the person that in- initiates that sex. I can understand yeah. how that can be a bit of a, like, I can see how any of your partners could be like, um, it's not what I was expecting. <laughs> Yes, and very confused. So before I was even getting really in-depth into astrology, this would be one of the disconnects between me and my partners early on in Mm -hmm. my life when I first started Mm -hmm. to date. And I would have partners that would cheat on me, you know, and I didn't understand why they would cheat on me because to me, I'm just so great at everything, right? You know, I'm mm-hmm. really great at, you know, giving head. I'm really great at, you know, um, you know, just whatever comes down to my, my partners, you know, because I, you know, don't consider myself when it comes down to the genders that I deal with in love and mate and mating. I don't go for that. I go for spiritual connections, right? So mm-hmm. in, in having that be my basis of connecting, I didn't understand why if I'm doing these great things to you and you tell me all the time how amazing I am why are you cheating on me well it was Mm. because I wasn't initiating things so to them they didn't feel desired Mm -hmm. because I didn't understand what their languages were I didn't understand that their 
Mars energy needed a little bit of someone who was aggressive. So me not being aggressive, you know, showed that, hey, you know, I wasn't loving them like they wanted to be loved. Mm -hmm. So understanding their love languages, even though sometimes I may not have been aggressive, if Mm -hmm. I had a partner who also shared, let's just say they had a Mars and Pisces too, then I know one of us is going to have to now be an initiator, right? So Mm -hmm. now I I have to initiate and then you have to initiate because we both don't, we're not comfortable with it, but Mm -hmm. because we love one another and we want to initiate in sex and do certain things, then we're going to take turns and working on our aspects, you know? Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Preach. (laughs) I want to go back a little bit. Um, What was your... uh... What was your childhood like? What was it like growing up? What kind of a home did you grow up in? Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to see what led you to come into this space of, of uh, even talking about sexuality and having all of these classes and platforms for people to learn. Like, what was it like for you? I grew up in a very small town. I grew up um, very religious in, in Baptist community. Um, my father was one of the, the head deacons of the church. My mother was the secretary of the church. So we were in church all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it was a very weird environment. And what I mean by that is we went to church all the time. But my mother was already ahead of her time, which is even though she took us to church all the time, she also always left room for free thought or free thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. and us being able to talk to her in certain ways, even though she may have been very uncomfortable in those things. I could see that she was trying to progress forward her own DNA by just trying to be transparent and talking to us as much as she possibly could. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know if, um, you ever, there used to be this guy used to come to the, like through the neighborhood that used to sell encyclopedias or sell like, um, just these, these botanicas of just different type of encyclopedias along with it would have like some medical dictionaries, things like that. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the guy came to our house. I remember I was probably like seven or eight and my mom decided to invest in having a home encyclopedia with all these different books that had this medical, like small medical, um, section, which was probably like five or six books. Mm-hmm. Now I went, I, I read everything. Like I went through all the encyclopedias, wow. glancing through things, but it was something of when I started to get into those medical dictionaries Mm -hmm. it was certain things that stuck out to me and what stuck out to me was stds and and stis and learning Mm -hmm. about the the female body like i was so interested in looking at what a vagina was and the parts of it so early Mm -hmm. on my mom just had these books there and she just left them there and i would go if i was at home doing nothing i would go get these books and i started reading and i read so much by the time i got into ninth grade when my friends would come to me and tell me they was having different things because I, I was a late bloomer so i didn't start having sex until i was in like uh in the 10th grade mm-hmm. but all my friends were having sex and so but they were starting to get stis and stds and things and so they would be like trying to confide in me oh i got this going on i'd be like hey well you know i read in this book that that's probably this and you probably should go get that checked out are you so it it wind up being me counseling about um sexual health when I was in high school because we didn't have it you know we had it in eighth grade was the last time I remember them talking to us about like our our bodies and sexual things like condoms and that kind of stuff but after that they took it out of schools Mm. so me along me and a lot of my friends a a lot of us were lost so I became that natural person that people can come and talk to about things that they were experiencing in their bodies after they were having sex for the first time so it was a very like now that I think back at it I'm like okay god i see what you were doing the whole entire time Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's like it set me in place um to be a counselor in school like i was one the head counselor at my high school from ninth grade until 12th grade and i think a lot of that was because i educated myself on those medical dictionaries early Mm -hmm. on just reading you know so that's kind of was my foundation my parents never um they knew that i wanted to do something in medicine so they didn't um you know, shunned me off from doing it and studying those things. They was like, yeah, you should go ahead and do that. They thought it was really amazing that my friends would come to me for advice. It's like, oh, you're going to be a doctor. We're going to make sure you're going to be a doctor. And I mm-hmm. thought I was too, but I'm a different type of doctor now. Like I'm yeah. a spiritual doctor. I'm a spiritual mm-hmm. doula, you know? So, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yes. <laughs> um, if you don't mind me asking and you don't have to answer, um, how do you identify sexually? Are you, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, are you straight? Are you 
any any are you on the rainbow I am on the rainbow cast and it's like it's, that's been one of those questions for me um I even talked to my daughter about it. I have a um a 15 year old and um getting you know helping her to understand like this whole gender identity thing you know, mm-hmm. as, as for myself first is also has helped her to um you know figure it out for herself too because for me I like I, I'll put I'll put it to you like this the one that I maybe agree with the most is mm-hmm. pansexuality mm-hmm. so like that's what I agree with the most I identify I'll you know say that I'm queer but to be honest with you even those things seem to feel like I'm still boxed in some type of way you know mm-hmm. and I, I I think what I really feel more than anything is that you know I'm a lover of human spirit um and if we have the connection I don't really care, you know what I'm saying, what you may identify with when it comes down to your sex or or your pronouns or those things. I just love who and what I love, you know. And so I I tend to, you know, identify myself for the sake that we have to. It makes it easier for people to, you know, connect to you. But I really don't identify with any of it. I just want to be a free spirit, you know. Mm -hmm. Or maybe maybe two-spirited. I would say that we start to get into some of those things. Mm -hmm. I start to feel a little bit better because I'm like, oh, Okay, yeah, two-spirited feels good because yeah. I don't feel like I'm one or the other. I'm bisexual mm-hmm. or I'm this. I don't feel that. I just mm-hmm. feel like I love people and I love people who love me, <laughs> you yeah. know? So. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Uh, you have a daughter. I do have a daughter. Ooh, and she's 15. Ooh. She is 15. What's she's that journey been like? You know what? It's been one of the most amazing journeys of my life. I didn't want children at all. Um, And part of the reason why I didn't want children was because I didn't know how I would do, you know, like how, what type of mother I would be, even though my mother was the, the greatest mother alive. Um, I didn't feel like I would be so great at it. And Mm. she has come along to show me otherwise um, I have been very transparent with her as I would be with a very close friend. Mm-hmm. So she has seen since me and her father um, have separated in our own ways within the last six years. Mm-hmm. She's literally been like a best friend slash roommate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I go to her and I talk to her about my dating woes and um, things with business. Like she's seen me, you know, struggle in business and now go from a platform where we're doing really great, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just been really good good to show her herself early and what I mean by that I feel like in my childhood my parents did really well about only showing us the good stuff only allowing us to celebrate with them when they're in their highest points but when it came down to their lowest things we didn't get a chance to see those things so for me I felt like when I was going through my lowest moments I didn't feel like I had any type of resources to go to I didn't feel like I can really tell my parents or talk to the people around me about what was really going on with me because I didn't see great examples of that mm-hmm. so I, I try to make it a point to allow her to see all of my stages you know no matter what it is that I'm going through, even when I'm confused, I go to her and be like, hey, this is, you know, what I'm going through. What do you think? You know, and not take mm-hmm. for granted just because she's a 15 year old that she doesn't know, you know, and I, I want to understand her as a spirit and coming here to be not only my daughter, but an aid in my life. So mm-hmm. that's the way, you know, we have this, you know, our relationship. So she can come and talk to me about anything. And she just did. Girl, last weekend, mm-hmm. she... She came and told me, um, and this is, I know, I know we're doing a radio interview and I know that, you know, like this is some personal stuff, but at the same time I want to be transparent. Right. Some of this stuff is important because it's helpful to other people who are in similar situations. Yeah, it it is. But she came to me and told me she was ready to have sex. Like I told you, I'm a late Mm -hmm. bloomer. She's a late bloomer. And, um, but I, I gave her permission. I was like, Hey, let me know when you're ready so that we can have a conversation about Mm -hmm. it. So she came, her and her boyfriend came together. And they sat down, and he told me that he w- would like to be the one to take my daughter's virginity. And I told him, I said, even though I appreciate you so much for coming to me, you know, and talking to me about it along with my daughter, I was like, that's her gift. That's mm-hmm. her body. That's her energy. And if she's decided, you know, she only has it once, too. So if she's decided that you are that person that she wants to give that gift to, then I support her 100%, you know. And I, I think if we open the doors 
to our children to talk to us about Mm -hmm. what they are thinking about when it comes down to their sexuality, I think we can give them a platform to work it out because I'm Mm -hmm. not here to make decisions for her. I had my own life. I had to do and make my own choices and I want her to make those as well. And I want her to, you know, do that without feeling like she's going to get in trouble Mm -hmm, or, you know, mm -hmm, just the mm -hmm. things that we grew up with. The pressure around it. Yes. You know, I want Mm -hmm. her, I want this to be a great experience for her. And to me, in order to make that a great experience for her, I have to let her know that this is all her choice and and allow her to feel empowered by that, you Mm -hmm. know? So if I can offer that to any parents who are is dealing with a child who is now coming into their sexuality or just learning how to have sex for the first time. First of all, teach them how to protect themselves. Like we I've taught Very her how important. to use condoms. Like we sat down, I went and got bananas and we, you know, we put them on the condoms and mm-hmm. I did it a few times. I'll let her do it a few times. I asked her what she's comfortable with it. You know, those things that I think sometimes sexual um sexuality has been such a taboo subject for because of our spirituality and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of different reasons cultural those type of things mm-hmm. and we leave our children out here wondering what to do and then when they mess up then we get mad and so exactly. I, that's not gonna be on my watch so we've had a really great you know conversation about it and so she hasn't had sex yet but she's moving towards it and I'm really excited for her I'm excited that she is processing it and she doesn't have any pressure to it you know like he's not pressuring her mm-hmm. um, and that's that she beautiful. can really I know, right? And that mm-hmm. she can just make this be, you know, a memory. I told her, I said, you got to be conscious that a lot of people scare children with STDs and pregnancy and those things. I said, what I want you to understand is that this is going to be a memory that you're never going to forget. Mm-hmm. And so memories to me are way heavier than all this other stuff they try to scare us with. So I just told her, take her time, make sure she's ready and, you know, let this be a, a, a memory or an experience that she'll always look back on and not regret, you know? Yeah. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. And, 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 you know, I don't fault the generation of our parents because Me they, we, we're, okay, we, like in Kenya, we're like two generations, prior to two generations, like my age, I'm 36 years old, there was my parents who were learning from their parents who were the first generation of, mm-hmm. of um, post-colonial people to have children so our grandparents were you know freedom fighters and then they had children and they raised their children in so much anger but obviously based off of the experiences that they had had um during the the eras when we were colonized and so um you know the way in which our parents have raised us is they've learned a lot of angry teachings and just like anger and yelling and and sort of discipline because um they because they are in the army or they fought or you know just that kind of um that kind of aggro and we our generation is um the first generation that is sort of releasing all of these um trauma bonds um mm-hmm. and and going into into relationships of any kind, friendships, um, parenting, um, uh, love, you know, love relations, sexual relationships, romantic relationships. And um, we are learning how to get let go of these um, traumatic things of the way we were raised and the way our grandparents were raised and the way, you know, all of that, the generational trauma. And um, so it's, it's kind of beautiful that you even allow yourself the grace, you know, because you know that you didn't have the space, but the thing that you did get from your parents was better than what I'm sure your mother got from her parents. So yes. she learned better. And then you're learning even better. Can you imagine what your daughter's kids, if she does choose to have any, are gonna, what kind of a world they're going to live in? Yeah, and I'm so excited for them. Like, I really am because, like you said, we. I feel like those of us that are in between the ages of maybe like 33 to like 47, mm-hmm. we are that generation that is doing a lot of, you know, I call us the, the, the changeover children, meaning mm-hmm. that we're the ones that came here to make sure that what our parents' vision was, like, like you said, they had to go through a lot of anger things and, mm-hmm. like, fighting for certain things. Mm-hmm. So because they had to always fight for, you know, things, basic living things, mm-hmm. right? They didn't have the time to really focus on some of the stuff that we have time to focus on. So because yep. we do have that space to do it, you know, um, 
it does allow our children to have more of a, a proper choice at certain things. So when I think about, oh my God, my great great grandchildren, mm. just how amazing intellectually they're going to be because they don't have certain barriers that they have to kind of fight for mm. and move through. That just feels so good to me. It really <laughs> does feel good to me. I'm telling you, like I'm, I've got goosebumps right now just thinking about it because I'm so excited for them. Mm-hmm. You know. Can we talk, since we're here, can we talk about um, trauma bonds? Yes. I know there's a lot of people who don't understand what that means. Maybe you can just stop by saying what that is and how people carry those things into relationships and what we can do. Yes. So I would like to talk about trauma bonds from a perspective of the astrology as well. Okay. Because um, I I think when we start to look at what we came here to do, right, And, and when you start to look at the generations, based on the generations of, of how we, we're coming into the world, we all have responsibilities of not, not only what we're doing for our DNA and for our family perspectives, but we also have change that we're making for the world as, mm-hmm. as a whole space. So some of us that come in and we're experiencing certain things, we're not only experiencing to, to forward our own family perspective, but like I said, for the world. So a lot of the trauma bonds that we get. So first of all, trauma bond is when you are attracted someone uh, attracted to someone so strong and you almost feel like it's like a twin flame relationship mm-hmm. they may be finishing your sentences they may um be thinking about you when you're thinking about them it feels very similar to a past life love or past life thing that you experienced like you've known this person way past just meeting them mm-hmm. um so and, and it can feel tricky because that's also how some of our like i said our twin flames or you know the people who we feel like we're supposed to be with forever it feels very similar but what happens in a trauma bond versus we'll just say a twin flame relationship it it tends to go sour very fast you know meaning like within the first month or two months you start to notice that those things that drew you together is now sparking a lot of arguments it's starting Mm -hmm. to um maybe bring up some things that you've experienced in your childhood or experienced Mm -hmm. in past relationships and the reason for these things or the reason why trauma bonds come up is because you're here to transpose or transform whatever happened in your dna a lot of the things that we experience in these trauma bonds and these trauma relationships mirror a lot of uh things that have already happened in our lives meaning like we grew up seeing our parents fighting and so now Mm -hmm. we're noticing that we're fighting now with this person who we loved so hard for the first month or two months and then i'll say this too sometimes trauma bonds won't won't go sour in the first month or two months sometimes they'll go sour after four or five years and what i mean is you just have to be conscious that when the trauma comes up to understand where it's coming from and not to keep reflecting it back on your partner like it's them doing it to you Mm -hmm. and start to look in your chart now this is where the chart comes in Mm -hmm. because most of the people who come into your life that are trauma bonds in your chart, they will show up as, you know, Saturn placements. They may sometimes show up as uh, Chirons in your chart too, meaning like your Chiron, whatever your sign is, they have that exact sign. Um, Chiron is a placement that we call the wounded healer. So its job is to make sure that you get healing from your wounds. Mm-hmm. So when you have people who show up that sit on your Chiron or they should sit up in your, your moon sign or it's just certain aspects in the chart that can prove that the relationship that you're in is only to transpose the trauma that you've experienced in your childhood or that your your family, your mom or your dad, somewhere in your bloodline has experienced the same exact thing, the exact the exact mm-hmm. same way that you're experiencing it right now. Hmm. I'm learning too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking of all of the relationships that of mine that were similar to this. Yes, and they're so so important. And I think a lot of people tend to run away sometimes from their trauma bonds. And what I mean is they, um, it'll show up and they'll keep like, oh, I'm breaking up with him. And then they'll get in another relationship. And then it shows up again. Oh, I'm breaking up Mm. with him. And they're dismissing the common denominator between all those relationships, which is you. Mm -hmm. You're the common denominator. Mm -hmm. Those Mm -hmm. men or those women or those people didn't grow up together. So they don't have the same parents. So how is it that Mm -hmm. you're experiencing the exact same reaction in Mm -hmm. in a different person? 
You have to start looking at that as being the universe talking to you. That's you now. It's a reflection that you now have to look at in yourself and say, hey, wait a minute. Maybe this is showing up because it needs my attention. And maybe it's also showing up because my mother struggled with it and my grandmother mm-hmm. struggled with it mm-hmm. and my great great grandmother struggled with it. So maybe that's why, especially when I see a lot of my clients that come to me and um, maybe they've experienced like um, rape in the relationship or, mm-hmm. you know, abusive types of things in the relationship. And then I'll ask them, hey, did your mother have this same reaction with your father? Or they'll mm-hmm. say, well, no, it wasn't with my father. But when my father left, it was with the first guy that came in. This was what happened, you know. And I'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay, so do you have a relationship with your grandmother? And I'll start to like go down the rabbit hole with them to get them to see that a lot of things that we're experiencing in our traumatic relationships is not even necessarily for us. It's just for us to clear it. You know what I'm saying? Because your mother Mm. couldn't do it. She didn't have the strength Mm. to turn it over. So to keep it from now going further down into the DNA, to keep it from happening to your daughter or your granddaughters, then you have to face that it's something that needs to be shifted in the DNA, which is you. You have to shift it. And and how how do you do that? That's what the chart again, the chart comes in. So right, mm-hmm. you can start to look at the aspects of how is it being triggered. Well, what I mean is is it an emotional trigger? Is it in the relationship? Is it in the money? Like where is it showing up that this is a trauma cycle? When you look at it, the chart is going to give you information about your own past, meaning whatever sign is in that particular aspect. So let's just say you're dating somebody and you every time you date a man, he steals your money, right? If you mm-hmm. look in your second house and it's giving you information information about your money and your cycles of money then when you go and start to study that the universe will automatically start to move out these people out of your life and what Mm -hmm. i mean is they're only there to get you to go and look at your money cycles Mm -hmm. that's the only reason why they're there to spark it so Mm -hmm. the reason the the way to change it is to give reference to it you got to look at it you got to study it what is it trying to tell me see what happens is we get triggered by something something happens and we point the finger at the person and when we point the finger at the person we never go and study it we never go and see what's the root to it and because we never see what the root is we experience it again and again it shows up again but you keep pointing it at the part well he did this to me or she did or they did this to me you know you keep going through these cycles of not looking at yourself and when you start to study yourself those trauma cycles automatically go away they just don't show Hmm. up anymore hmm yeah um, I saw a, <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that was uh, somewhere on Instagram that said something along the lines of um, these um, these experiences keep repeating themselves until you learn. Yep. Yeah, and that makes sense. That makes sense in that way. That's exactly what that means. It's Mm going to keep showing up to get you to see your power in it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I have to tell my clients because a lot of them want to look at it like it's a weakness. No, it's not. If something keeps happening over and over and over again, that means, first of all, you're projecting it over and over again. So once you realize that it's your projection now, how do you shift it? Well, you shift it by ownership of the power, going to study yourself. How am I constantly attracting this? Where is this coming from? Oh, it's here to show me that I need to do A, B, C, and D. Oh, okay. Mm. Now lesson is over. Now, sometimes when you get over the lesson, retrograde to show up one more time just to prove to you whether or not you got it or not mm-hmm. and so when you're like oh I got it and then retrograde show up and it'll send you somebody to mirror something that you got over mm-hmm. now that's going to be your test to see whether or not you got it or not if you fall for it you're probably going to be depressed for a little bit because you realize ah I failed my own test yeah mm-hmm. it was your test you mm-hmm. know to make sure that you keep and stay, stand still in the ownership of who you are and what you know you need to produce for yourself Shit. (laughs) (laughs) That has touched me. Shit. Oh, my word. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about kinked up ATL? We can. Yes. Um, Yeah. What is it? And when did it start? And what's the inspiration behind it? And when can I come (laughs) (laughs) well let me just start with the last question you can come please come for 2020 i would love to have you oh um kinked up kinked up atl 
um, is my new baby. And I say my new baby because she's only two years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually started out of a, just me being funny. Like, sometimes I get on Instagram and I'll, I'll think I'm a comedian on some days. And I'll start to just say these random things sometimes. And I don't realize that the random things that I'm saying, uh, actually, they have some truth to them. But it's like I'm testing myself, right? Mm-hmm. So, I did that with this. I kind of put out there... Um, that I wanted to do something for one part of my sacred sexuality brand. I wanted to mer- merge this idea of kink being the, the way that we get in the door. But once we get in the door, you know, when you start to really experience kink and those things, it starts to open up a lot of emotional things for you, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't have a space, especially not here in Atlanta. I didn't think, you know, we didn't have a space to be able to experience kink and then have a space to, to cry it out. And talk mm-hmm, it out. Like, mm-hmm. what's coming up? And how is it coming up? Why mm-hmm. is it coming up? You know, those things. So, what I did was I went on Instagram. And I was like, hey, y'all, I think I'm, I'm going to have a dungeon party. You know? And so, and I was laughing about it. And then in my DM, I had all these these women that were coming in. And they was like, hey, please do it. Because I, I've been looking for a space. I really want to try some Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. But, you know, I want it to be black. You know? or mm-hmm. I want, You know, they, they wanted to have these experiences. And... One of the things that I, I'm so blessed and so grateful at having is people trust me enough. When I say I'm creating a safe space, they come. So when I, when they came and said, hey, if you do it, I'm coming. I was like, okay, well, let's see. Let's see. Because people tell you all the time they're coming to stuff. They don't necessarily show up. So mm-hmm, I put it, I did it anyway. I put it together last year uh, as a two-day event. I, I'm very serious about education, um, especially when it comes down to sexuality. Like, to me, I feel like where I am in my sexual energy is because I started very early reading about sexual education and just reading about sex stuff. So I did one entire day of just education, meaning, like, I invited different people or, or just different friends of mine that I work with on the Exotica circuit. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Hef, you know, um, Tayomi, um, Davia, all of them, I was talking to them about it and they all decided to come for the first year and I know, right. And they Mm -hmm. came and so they did demos. And so those demos, we uh, allowed people to get a chance to really learn what these different types of kinks were and not just experience them. And so then we had day two, which was at the dungeon where people can come and really either get private sessions from those people, those practitioners that did the demos. They can get private one-on-one sessions. Or they can just play, you know, meet people, other people who want to also play and try kinks and try different things out. You know, you can be nude if you want to because I'm a nudist at heart. I hate clothes. Mm-hmm. So it was just a space for us to do all those things. And so I'm expecting maybe 15, 20 people show up. Mm-hmm. I had about 80 people to oh show up on year word. one. I know. And I was like... I was like, oh my God. I was like, is this really happening? Like people really, really want Mm -hmm. a a safe space to do it. So first year was really good, like I said. And it was so good to where like the first couple hours in the dungeon, we were, everybody was like looking at each other because we were shocked that we were all there. And then by the time we warmed up, it was over. And so year one, it was like everybody left in such a high. We didn't have a space. I felt like we didn't have a space to really just talk about what happened. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, year two. Mm -hmm. we're not doing that so this year i expanded into four days Mm -hmm. we did the same first two days that we did for the first year the one whole full day of education then we did the whole dungeon on the second night but then this year i decided to add two days on two additional days so Mm -hmm. the third day we did a sacred sexuality only day and what i mean is that was the platform for us to now talk about we've had a whole day of doing this physical kink type stuff Mm -hmm. now how can we now open up the door to really talk about our emotional shit how can we dump all of this stuff out right and go home without carrying this heavy shit back with us Mm -hmm. and so we did that and it was so beautiful i mean we had way more men this year to show up and then on the sacred sexuality night they talked about some of their traumas and they talked about how they have sometimes stepped over the boundaries of women's uh, uh, giving them the consent for sexuality mm-hmm. in some spaces. Like, they owned up Oof. to the things that they felt like they had did. And when I tell Oof. you, it was a wave oh in that God. room. Like, oh, my God, this is happening. Mm. So we start to see the healing come together after the two days of kink, which is what I wanted from the beginning. But mm. I knew if I had said, hey, let's just do a day of sacred sexuality. People don't really want to talk about 
their shit. Mm-hmm. They really don't, you know? Mm-hmm. But what'll happen is if you tell people, hey, let's fuck or do some sexual shit. Oh, they're mm-hmm. running the door then. Mm-hmm. But Kinked Up ATL is for you to come and experience kink and learn about kink. But it's really for you to come and drop off your shit. It's for you to come and really let go of all of these sexual blocks that you have so that you can have a really good sexual life. Because what happened after, you know, everybody was being transparent about us not getting enough hugs and touch mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. Because Shayla did a um, an amazing um, class on Saturday talking to us about the fact that we don't hug long enough. Like, it mm-hmm. takes at least 20 seconds for you to feel the actual chemical exchange between two people hugging. So we mm-hmm. learn how to hug, which <laughs> people don't do that, right? We hug, oh, hey. Yeah, it's a real quick, seconds. like, pat on the back. You know, that's not, we're not exchanging any type of love in five seconds. It mm-hmm. takes 20 seconds. So we did that. And when I tell you after we did all the classes, we had a, you know, a lingam massage demo. We had a yoni massage demo. But after the classes, when I tell you people went off, and had them some good old fucking good time. Mm-hmm. It was really beautiful to just watch. To, to watch people share what their problems were. Get some touch and attention. Get some hugs. You know, watch some demos. And then feel free enough to go off and engage in sexual activity. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing. And then the last day, we just only, we did massages. We talked about our weekend. We had some good food. So I cooked some good country soul food. But I cooked it all vegan. Ooh, you know, for everybody. Yes. I know, right? Um, and we did it in this church that had been turned into like this Airbnb. So the last day was like church for us. And we just oh, ate and talked. And just had an amazing good time. So Kinked Up ATL is turning into this amazing community. Um, I talked to um, Jessette and Jasmine. I told her I want them to come for 2020 to mm-hmm. be a part of it. So we're just growing. And, I, and I'm so excited that people are coming because they really want to tap deeper into their own sexuality, which is what I desire. So I love it. I love what I love it. <laughs> so I was, I don't know why, cause I feel like I see so many things happening in Atlanta and I always imagine that you're the one who's running them. <laughs> but like, I thought like it was an event that happened um, more than once a year. It, you know, people want it. Like, I've had so many people since, like, me doing it for the first year say, hey, how can we do, you know, do this more? And I'm like, listen, it ta- it, it literally takes so much work out of me to, mm-hmm. uh, to do course. this. To where I know in this, and kind of like, you know, how you do the, the spread fest. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really do that every Oof. month. Like, girl, that yeah, would be a lot, sure. right? But oh my God, we can yeah. do little small satellite things. So, like, I'll be doing smaller community um, types of events for us to, like, you know, come and talk Got about it. our sexuality. And, you know, I have other people that are on the team, like, you know, Shayla and Kadesh. All of these, these people have their own businesses, too, in some lane of mm-hmm. sacred sex sexuality or just sexuality in general Mm -hmm. so I feel like if I um, support them and encourage them to do things too um, it could be ways in which we can kind of keep smaller things happening as we're getting back to um, the big event which is Mm -hmm. the 2020 event Mm -hmm. got it got Mm -hmm. it that makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. sounds amazing (laughs) and also draining (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. But then when I tell you it's so worth it, like the first year when it ended, I ain't gonna lie, I was crying. And I was mm. crying for two two reasons. Because I was high on the energy. But when I tell you the work that it took for me to just get people to see the vision. Because the first year mm. you do it, people hear you, but they don't they don't know what you're trying to do. So mm. I had to, I didn't have as much help the first year as I did this year. This year I had, you know, people coming in like they wanted to do the work like hey Mm -hmm. how can I help so this year was even better um for me so I didn't cry this year uh (laughs) which is good Mm -hmm. but we had it was just good it's just really it's worth it you know and I'm this was year two or year three this is year this this, is year three this is year two Ooh. This was year two. Wow. I know it feels like it's already like this baby is she's ready to run. You mm-hmm, hear me? Mm-hmm. I mean, even people have said, Hey, can you come do one in New York? Can you come do one in LA? I'm like, wait, hold mm-hmm. up. First of all, <laughs> can we just build this one here in Atlanta? And then mm-hmm. the people who travel to the one in Atlanta, if I see we have a bulk of people coming in from Texas, then of course it would be great for us to do a kinked up Texas, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or a mm-hmm. kinked up Kenya, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like it's, it's so, 
<laughs> it's so much stuff that we can do with this. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always open to anybody who wants to like partner in, in like I love curating events. So if anybody wants to partner on doing something that's their baby or their brand or their vision or even wanting me to come in and help them with that, like I'm always down to do that kind mm. of stuff because I know people need activity for life. Like it just makes us better in life when we're doing these types of things. I oh yes, bless you and I hope your hands are continually blessed for all the work that you do. Wow, that's amazing. So how can people reach you? You can reach me by, literally, you can Google search I Am Living Aligned, or you can type in Gigi Robinson, and everything will pop up. But I am I am Living Aligned on Instagram. Uh, same with Facebook. On Twitter, it's Aligned Goddess. Or you can just go to my website, IamLivingAligned.com, and everything is there, including links to get to um, Kinked Up ATL, for 2020, if you're interested in that, um, it has its own web space and its own page. But, of course, you can get to it from going to my main web- website. Um, but, yeah, just literally type in G.G. Robinson, G-I-G-I Robinson. And, every you know, all the details will pop up. You know, if you guys are interested in doing any type of astrology reading, whether it be from just learning your entire aspects. You know, do you do Skype sessions? I do do Skype sessions. I do. This is perfect. Yeah, so if you're interested in, you know, from just the astrology aspects of it, or maybe you have a business idea, you want to, you know, start to, you know, really get into your own business, you know, I can help you formulate the way to just to step into it. Sometimes we just need a little push. So I'm Mm -hmm. really good at helping people to get activated and started on their journeys. Or it could be in sacred sexuality. Maybe you have some sexual blocks, some traumas, you know, molestations, rapes, things like that that I can just help you to understand why you. A lot of people just Mm. don't understand why did that happen to me? Mm. And through me using the astrology chart and then just me intuitively reading you, I can give you the understanding of why you have the the cards that you have in this life. Mm. You know, and Mm. once you understand what your cards are, you become boss of those things. You no longer feel like you were dealt a bad hand. Like a victim. Yes, I can Mm. show you no matter what hand you have that it is a perfect recipe of having the best life. You know, so that's what I am living a line is for. Okay, and I'm going to put a um, all of these details in the description box below, just so that people can go and click directly to anything that you need. I am living aligned. Yes, but it's been great, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to add? Um, no, I don't. I, I'm just looking forward to you know more of. Just building with you as well, you know. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to like even when I met you when you came to Sex Down South. Um, yeah. I was just like, oh my even god. Even though we didn't energy. spend much time together, but I will be at Sex Down South again in 2020. So good, good. Yes. So we can talk more because your energy is just amazing. I just love oh, how you just walk in a room. Oh, so just bless. Thank you so I appreciate much. That. I appreciate that so much <laughs> for this opportunity to talk to you. Um, and thank you. I, and I think that what you're doing in Kenya is so amazing. Um, please you. keep doing it. Anything that I can do to help you to further your agenda and the things that you're doing in your work, please let me know. Don't ever hesitate to just reach oh, out because I'm so in much. it. I'm that means so you. much to me. Thank you so much. That means that means a lot to me. You're welcome. Ooh, that was a beautiful. <laughs> that was a beautiful hour. That was an hour well spent. <laughs> it was. I agree. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are at The Spread Pod. And don't forget the little angels from the Angel Center Home for Abandoned Children. You too can make a change. See you next week. Cause with you I have no fear